everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. I am Brandon, and as always, we've got Paul. Giddy up, people. Let's get here. Let's get oh, ready to watch a great episode. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's you this time. <laughs> and then, Dan, now you got to figure out something else to do. Yeah, you kind of stole my mojo there, Paul. Uh, Audi. <laughs> yeah, Audi. Why are we suddenly Audi? country? Because I was saying giddy up forever. I'm stealing that from him forever. Anytime I, I, I get a chance to say giddy up, it's going in there. Uh, um, yeah, so today we are covering season one, episode 15, Shore Leave. The original air date was December 29th, 1966, which is a huge gap from the last episode. I think they had like a three, maybe two or three week period where they didn't show anything. So I wonder if it was like a holiday thing. Uh, I'm not sure. It could be. Yeah, so uh, we're opening up like we always open up the episode with a shot of the Enterprise. But this one's orbiting an Earth-like planet. And Spock's just hanging out on the bridge. And he's over at a panel just doing some work. And he walks over to the captain's chair where Kirk... And a yeoman that we've never seen before, they're doing something on like a little uh, data pad. And uh, Kirk asks Spock if he, if they've heard anything from the landing party. So clearly, you know, they put, send some people down to the planet. I, I want to clearly, before you go there, I want to clearly state this yeoman's uh, cleavage area uh, t-shirt is very uh, unique. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, is, it, is, it is very super unique. Like, it's not going to be like, yeah. it's a unique. Like, it was hanging pretty low. And then I saw her immediately, I thought, yep, Kirk's in trouble. Since I saw her, I knew something was going on with Kurt immediately. I I, I tend to be wrong later on, but I just yeah, you know. she had like a special uniform. Yeah, like just, just real, real deep. Yeah, real. Deep, I mean, nothing I crazy, just like compared to the other women. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, it was it was kind of I thought it was very overt. I mean, it's, it's something for the times. I just I noticed that immediately. Yeah. Also, I don't think like any ugly women work on that ship. Like there's there's not one woman you could call unattractive. I know like, I think it's different, the law, but like you're not allowed to have any ugly people on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I hesitate to say ugly because you know everybody yeah. has their different standards and things. That, but, like true. they all have conventionally yeah. attractive women and men. Like the guys are all like conventionally yeah. attractive guys. So it's just a, a very nice crew- looking crew. And also when I saw her, I thought, man, where's Yoma Genesis at? That's how I thought he meet yeah. her. Like she had the day off or something. I don't know. Maybe she was sick. I'm not, I'm not sure what it was. I just know that I, I didn't see her. She got a little embarrassed after the last episode when she got caught hugging on Kirk when she thought they were going to die. So she took some time <laughs> she off. She took some time off to reflect. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk's like, I don't want to see you for the next week or so. So I got, I got something to cover you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Spock says that uh, the landing party should be sending up a report momentarily. And then Kirk, like, had, hands the little uh, pad thing off to the yeoman, and then he straightens up in his chair, but he gets, like, some kind of back pain, and it, like, makes him wince. And uh, Spock's like, you know, hey, you know, is there something wrong? And Kirk says that he thinks he's got a kink in his back. So uh, the yeoman starts, like, massaging Kirk's back, and uh, he's like, he's, oh, you know, higher, a little bit higher, and push hard. And he's like, <laughs> he, he says... Dig it in there, Mr. Spock. But he stops when he sees that Spock walks away in front of him. So, like, he thought that Spock was massaging him. <laughs> like, do they have that kind of friendship where they just massage each other like that? Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, you're a good number one. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what, what's no really funny is that he made her stop. Like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> he saw it's not Spock, and he's like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I want to talk to HR about this. <laughs> Uh, but like, see, we were like a minute into this episode, and honestly, like that made me laugh so hard. Like, why? Like, it's uh, so absurd that he, he's that good of friends with Spock that he thinks like, yeah. oh, hey, Spock, my back hurts, and he thinks Spock's just gonna like start massaging him. Yeah, <laughs> just, it was so weird. 
He's like, Spock is a logical person. He'll know that my back needs a rub. Yeah, yeah. logic says that, you know, you need to give him a back rub. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good friendship right there. I'm waiting for a friend to run around my back. Like, hey, bro. Like, oh, what? oh, go ahead, bro. Like, you massage me now? Yeah. Like, like, think about that. Like, I know I don't like bringing up sexism, sexism, whatever. But I don't know if I can have a bro give me a massage. I'm sorry. We're boys. <laughs> but I, <laughs> like, like, you're like, you want to massage me? Like, ah. We're friends. Like, nah, maybe maybe if I go to it's a stranger at a massage parlor, maybe I can do that. But like one of my friends, like, nah. You can't yeah. do does it make you can't it does it down. make it a difference if it's the Vulcan doing it? You know, Spock is like super strong. Yeah. Oh, so maybe see? he can really get those knots out. Get no knots out good. Yeah. Give him a squeeze massages. Oh my god, do you think that the Vulcans could open like a planet of massage parlors and just make <laughs> a killing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. If not, they should. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that. So, yeah. Uh, so, Kirk uh, thanks the yeoman, and uh, she suggests that he gets some sleep. And he's like, oh, you know, I hear enough of that from Dr. McCoy. And Spock agrees with her, though, and says that, you know, McCoy's correct. And he suggests that given what they've been through in the last three months, that every crew member could use a rest. And he's like, well, you know, except for me, obviously, because I'm, you know, superior and shit. Uh, which is cool that we finally get kind of a time frame where we are because all of the pre- previous episodes have happened in the last three months. So like, we're always, you know, speculating how much time has passed between these weird events. Like that's a lot to happen in three months. Well, but, no but see, but I think you're taking that three months literally as in we've been watching three months. It could have been just been last three months of things we don't know about too. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it could have been three, it could have been three months things going on that we didn't know about. It's like in the last three months we've been through a lot. So, uh, Okay, yeah, that makes sense, too. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I, t- I took it the other way. Even though you took it as in the, the show's been over three months. For me, I took it as in, oh, it could be any it could be any time period. Cause they don't give you a time period. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, they just, you know, maybe the Romulan thing happened, like, four or five months ago when they just yeah. had a particularly rough last couple of months. Yeah, okay. That, yeah. yeah, that could be as well. Yeah, yeah geez, so I wonder I, which one it actually is. Yeah, see, I, I didn't know. I, when I said that, I, I kind of thought... I don't know which one it is. Uh, if we could read the damn star dates, you know, we would know. But I think at this point they were still kind of randomized, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, Kirk like starts rubbing his eyes and he kind of grunts as he stands up from his chair. And then he exits the bridge and on his way out, he asks Uhura to send uh, McCoy or McCoy's report to his cabin. We go uh, down to the planet where Sulu and McCoy are just like walking through a wooded area near a pond. And uh, Sulu remarks that there's no animals and there's no people. And they both kind of agree that they found the perfect spot. Uh, and Sulu asks if McCoy thinks that uh, Captain Kirk will authorize a shore leave there. And uh, McCoy says that the planet is like something out of Alice in Wonderland, and Kirk would have to go down to the planet to see it for himself. And he says that, you know, while they each have their own problems, Kirk has his, and he's got theirs, and, you know, 430 other people's problems. So they pick people up after people die, apparently. Yeah, they, well, I mean, unless they had, what, like 400 and... 70 other people <laughs> like before this and now they're just down to 430 Did, didn't we decide what the starting number was you know, what was the number of people in the i thought it was i thought it was 432 what, what what number was it i don't remember i i think you yeah i think it's something if something when he was talking uh to charlie right during charlie yeah, x yeah it's something about some 100 people i forgot how many people there were man that sucks okay. yeah we do know i yeah i i've got it in my other notes but i'm eh, i won't bother yeah yeah so yeah, so Sulu leaves to go get some cell structure records from the nearby plants. And uh, if there's one thing I've learned, like at this point, it's that characters, like they don't go do random stuff for no reason. Like he's not like, I'm going to go get some cell structure record from the plant nearby plants. And then they're like, they're never going to talk about that again. So I'm like, okay, yeah. that's probably going to be a plot point for this. 
Yep. But also, like, I really like how they're, you know, wandering through this area talking about how beautiful it is. And it's it's literally just Ohio. Like, they're, they're just looking at, like, the most <laughs> random, like, spot in Ohio. Like, like, like it's the most beautiful thing they've, they've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, this place looks very, very Earth-like. Like, this looks, like, down the street. Yeah, like, it's just, there. it's summer in Ohio, like, at a yeah. pond. And they're, they're, just, they're just like, man, it's amazing. Like, it looks beautiful. Like, have you ever seen a pond before? Look how amazing this yeah. is. Yeah, and, like, of all the places that they're, you know, they go to check out this planet. They're looking for a place, like, oh, maybe we could have shore leave they don't you know transport to a beach like they see all of this stuff and they're like right in the middle of that forest that's where they we're don't gonna transfer go. to the ple- the pleasure <laughs> planet man what are we doing right. on the shore <laughs> leave here instead of the pleasure planet what are we doing right. here i mean technically I- ironically this could be a pleasure planet but yeah you know technically well that's true it could be but you know i'm just saying yeah. that you know i thought we'd go to pleasure planet i thought i'd be green green women everywhere green men People having the time of their lives. Maybe Kirk got kicked out for a little while. Like, hey, you need to, you can't come back for a little while. Oh, God. Could you imagine if he has this reputation of just like the guy that gets kicked out of all the space strip clubs? <laughs> just because he's like all about the women there. Like, he shows up and they're like, not this asshole again. Like, come on, Kirk. I told you you can't come back here. Wow. He he, he really can't handle his alcohol in large amounts. No, not especially not around women. He's a frat boy. That's why he's only ever drinking with, you know, bones because, you know, the doctor, oh, you've had enough. Yeah. And he's got like all the stuff to like sedate him if he starts to get too crazy. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> he takes the shirt off like, I'm going to run to the hallway. Yeah. Little does bones know that Kirk's addicted to that sedate stuff or that whatever you want to call it. So like he just gets drunk to the point where he gets knocked <laughs> out. And that's that's what he's chasing. That might be the only way he can fall asleep at this point. Yeah. <laughs> We just made Kirk into like this awful guy, like hooked on drugs, just getting drunk so he can get his drugs. I respect you, Kirk. Don't let him hate on you. I respect you. I know you're a good guy. It's all right. Yeah. So, uh, so then McCoy, uh, he wanders off and he runs into a, a big human sized white rabbit wearing a coat. And the rabbit looks at its stopwatch and, and says that it's going to be late. And then it, it hops away real quick. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, are we doing this Alice in Wonderland thing? I didn't see him eat any mushrooms. But at this point, I'm assuming he's tripping balls. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, right after the rabbit leaves, uh, a girl in a blue dress runs up to McCoy and asks if he's seen a large white rabbit. And he just kind of points her in the direction, like, dumbfounded, just points her towards where the rabbit went. And then uh, when the girl runs off, he just starts yelling for, for Sulu. <laughs> Sulu comes running up and he's like, hey, you know, what's wrong? And McCoy was like, yeah, he asked Sulu if he saw the girl and the rabbit. And Sulu's like, well, I, I didn't see shit, dude. Like, I was over here collecting plant stuff. And then I was waiting for, like, the, the lizard with the ladder and, like, the singing flowers. But none of that ever showed up. So after that, we do get the show opening and we get a really good captain's log because Kirk gives the star date. Like, he's really tired in the log and he's like, uh, star date 3025 uh point three like he doesn't know <laughs> the star date <laughs> really, think about it. yeah like it's a really weird yeah, uh, like, beginning of the log like it's a very it's very um drawn out to let you know how exhausted he is and how yeah. tired he is and how, how he had a chance to relax at all yeah it was really good so they're still just like orbiting an uninhabited planet uh in the omicron delta region and it's not omicron Persei i8 and it's similar to how they remember earth and that's a futurama joke just so you know Dan, you probably got that one. I did, Paul, I don't know if oh, you've yeah. seen Futurama. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. I've seen a couple of episodes before, but not sure. All right. Come again. Get up to speed here, guy. Hey, uh, man. I'm not about you Futurama. Have to, Come you on. have to watch everything in the history of everything to oh, understand these I, deep, I, I deep almost, references we're going I, I to pull out have, here. Though. 
almost happened. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kirk is in his cabin, and his uh, new yeoman mentions that his name isn't on any of the shore parties. And he's like, well, you know, I might be tired, but I'm not falling apart. And then he just kind of dismisses her. And we get some of that uh, radio chatter in the background organizing the landing parties, which I really like to hear. It's like, you know, just, again, letting us know that things are still moving. Right. So Spock comes into the room, and Kirk asks him which section of the ship he'd like to go to the planet with. And Spock is like, oh, you know, that's not necessary. And he says that on his planet, to rest is to basically cease using energy and that it's illogical to run up and down on green grass using energy instead of saving it. Like, like I, feel, I feel like there's other ways to rest. Like you don't have to go down to the planet and just like full on sprint up and down like a weirdo, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I normally don't run to the grass when I'm trying to rest. Yeah. Oh, that's all I do. Like, I'm like, Hey, you know, I really, I'm really <laughs> exhausted. I'm going to go outside and sprint up and down Hills. Do you think Spock's planet is a pretty boring planet? In oh, it, general? it has to be like, they can't do anything fun i bet because it's like illogical like they probably don't you know watch tv and they probably don't like play video games or anything they they just i bet they just read a lot and have like deep philosophical conversations and that's probably about it i would ask uh do you think the suicide rate is high for vulcan or would that just be illogical to kill yourself yeah it would just depend on whether that was the logical conclusion to whatever issue they were having i guess you think it's like a stigma there or they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, dude over here decided to kill himself. And then they're like, yeah, you know, that seemed the logical conclusion. Good for him. Like, oh, I messed up this formula. Uh, I have to commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, on that note, sir, that is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> I cannot believe <laughs> that you just concluded that. What part? Suicide was logical. Oh, my God. What kind of podcast are we having here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none oh of these characters God. are safe today, apparently. Oh, my God. He said, well, the logic, logically, I should, what? Logically, you should do what? <laughs> like, I'm your friend. They'd be like, yo. Like, you know, that is all about yourself. Like, logically, that's what you thought about. Like, that's what you came up with. Like, well, I would say that they celebrate him taking the logical action, but celebrations are probably illogical. So they probably just never mention it again. It might be hard to kill themselves also because they're pretty tough beings. So. Yeah. Like, what what does kill a Vulcan? Uh, jumping in hot lava, I'm assuming. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what to do? <laughs> they go to the volcano like, all right, I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, logically, quit being a bitch and jump in, dude. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah so uh during this whole thing uh kirk gets paged by uhura and uh, she patches him through to mccoy who's still down on the planet mccoy asks kirk if he's beaming down and uh he's like you know either all of our probes are malfunctioning and all of our scouts are careless or i am unfit for duty because i just saw a big ass rabbit pull a gold watch from his vest and claim that he was late to something I give him credit for coming clean, though, and like, oh, hey, uh, you might want to take me off. Yeah, he's like, either everything has gone to shit and I am crazy, or, like, stuff's happening down here. He's like, space madness has finally set in. I wonder if that is an issue. Oh, God, we can't get onto that. We can't get onto Spock having space madness. It would be illogical. (laughs) (laughs) That's what does it every time. Space madness. Every time. Yeah, so so Kirk like jokingly asks if the rabbit or rabbit the rabbit was followed by a little blonde girl, and McCoy just says he's like, "Yes, yes, it was." Kirk says he's just going to take McCoy's report under consideration, and then he, he hangs up him, uh, hang up and yeah, he hangs up on him. So then Kirk tells Spock that McCoy is trying to get him down to the planet. He's like, you know, he's just trying to trick me to get me down there to rest. And so Spock is like, you know, hey, I I found in McCoy's log that we have a crew member who's showing signs of fatigue. 
and the reaction time is down nine to twelve percent. And it continues to say that the the crew member is become is becoming irritable and quarrelsome, and he's refusing to take his rest and rehabilitation. And he's like, you know, I understand that he has a, a right to refuse rest, but then Kirk cuts him off, and he's like, you know, hey, any crewman, uh, their their rights end when the safety of the ship begins. And he orders the he tells him he's Checkmate. like, you know, yeah, he's like, I, I'm ordering that guy to to go offshore or to go ashore and you know get some rest. And he's like, what what is that guy's name? And Spock goes. James Kirk. <laughs> He's like, Yo, hey, enjoy like, yourself on that interesting planet. <laughs> yeah, he got him. Yeah, when he did that, though, I thought that was real clever, by the way. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> got like, 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 what a weird logical way to do it. Like, okay, I got something for you. I do wonder where they got where they got the numbers, like 9 to 12%, or did he just make that up on the spot? Well, I think it's real clever because, like, it, it shows Spock cracking a joke without cracking a joke. Like, it, yeah. like, it's, right. like it's, it's, a, it's a huge joke. Like, you set up, you set up early. Did he do all those those facts or whatever? And at the end, that joke pays off. But the thing about the thing about him, he was so straightforward about it. But it was actually a big joke, and I don't think he even noticed it was a joke when he was doing it. But like I don't know. So just so I, I thought it was cool, it showed Spock like cracking a joke in a way that I'm not sure if he was going for that or not. But it just made sense. Yeah, and Kirk looked like super unamused. He's like, "Damn it, he got me." Yeah. <laughs> but Dan, to your point, I mean, they would have to find a way to like measure performance, right? Like. I mean, I don't know well, how they would do remember it. Remember when he was making his crew do like the reenacting, like the the test firing, like, oh, hey, I need that six percent to be a hundred percent. Well, he said yeah. reaction time, so maybe he gave uh, Kirk one of those um, like uh, exercise tests that Doc the Doc be given, and he was doing less, oh, a lot less be. energy, a lot less stuff on that. So I'm assuming that test to do your reaction time and see how strong you are makes you still fit. And he noticed that he was getting kind of. Rex time was lower, and just that's why I put it in the notes. Nine percent would be a lot, though, wouldn't it? Or wouldn't you think? I would think so. I mean, that's a if you're in like a life or death situation, I would think that would be uh, pretty important to be able to make decisions quickly. And like, and maybe that's one of the things they were measuring is that you know they just noticed that his uh, time to make decisions and stuff has uh, decreased or increased. Yeah, we, could, could we haven't time. seen a we haven't seen a full physical yet done on the show. We've seen, yeah, we, just we've like seen him, pedaling a wall bike. Yeah, yeah we see him in parts of it. So I'm assuming that during the ship, or whatever, so their physical has their physicals are also had to be mentals. I, I guess mentals. What the hell? Study. I don't know what that's called. A mental, whatever. Like mental, mental physical, like test too. So I'm yeah. assuming they have to do both. Because think about it, you're right. on the ship, you have to make all the decisions, and you got to be getting in shape too. So I assume they do both to make sure you're you're not getting space madness that they they're talking about all the time too. Right. I, I wonder if the captain would have to get it more often than everyone else, though, just because he's the one that's leading the ship. Yeah, I bet, you know, with him being under an extreme amount of stress, I bet they, like, stress test the hell out of him, like, every so often. I'm not sure. I, I know the captain was the one, be the one to order everybody's tests. I think it's up to his number one to make sure he takes one, because he probably wouldn't. You got to think about it. Kirk had no idea that it, what was going on with him until uh, Spock said something. So he probably, a lot, a lot of times, you got, like, earlier they said, uh, uh, Kurt has 430 other people's problems and his own. So he has so much going on, he probably has no time to even think about the, how bad, how, how much he needs to get tested or whatever. And he got to remind him, hey, you need to, this is going on with you. He needs to sit back and relax. Like, oh, I didn't realize that. So I think so. I think it's more about that. Yeah, they do kind of seem to be like, they have like an uh, an overall set of rules from the Federation or whatever, but they kind of seem to be like mostly on their own out there and just like, you know, at the judgment of the captain. So yeah, I bet yeah. he probably doesn't have to to do those tests and things very often because yeah, he just doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to. Yep. 
I'm assuming. Yeah, so Spock tells him, he's like, hey, you know, go enjoy yourself on that interesting planet. And he says that the scouts have detected no animals, artifacts, or force fields of any kind. So uh, we go back down to the planet. And uh, there's just like, it's a shot of like a rock by a pond. And the rock is on like a hinge and it opens up and there's just a revolver under it. <laughs> I was like, what, like, what, what is yeah, it was this? Just, that was really weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was weird. There was like a transporter noise or it was like a, like a materialization noise. It was just. Yeah, it was like the rock 3D printed a revolver underneath it. Yeah, it's like, here it is. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so uh, nearby there's uh, two crewmen that are scanning some plants and then Kirk and his yeoman beam down uh, near them. And Kirk asks the crew, which uh, the, the guy is Rodriguez and the woman that's with him is Teller. And he asks if everything's all right. And Rod- Rodriguez says that they've completed their specimen survey. And Kirk is like, all right, beam that up to Spock and then you know get to enjoying yourselves down here. They point uh, Kirk in the direction of Sulu and McCoy and they start to head that way. So Kirk and his yeoman are just kind of walking through the grass and talking about how beautiful uh, the planet of Ohio is. And they meet up <laughs> with McCoy. Said no one ever. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, they meet up with McCoy and Kirk is like, hey, you know any good rabbit jokes lately? And McCoy then points to like these two huge rabbit footprints left in the dirt. And he's like, well, why don't you take a look at these? So... Kirk starts following the footprints and he's like, man, you know, it would have taken an unusual creature to make those kinds of tracks, like almost like a big ass rabbit. So he asks if Sulu can confirm what McCoy saw. And Sulu's like, nah, I was over there, you know, checking out some plants and stuff. I didn't see anything. He's like, I was doing my damn job. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's just, he, dude, he was pumped about that too. He was like, dude, check out like this plant, like these grass and this tree over here. Like I'm going to take so many samples. Like he's their life sciences guy. I was about to say in the second episode, they established he's like a, a botanist, right? Yeah, yeah, but they haven't like mentioned it though. But they've mentioned it for a long time though. Yeah, not like, for a like, while. Yeah, like he was in the office, right? Episode maybe the first pilot, the second episode, he was in that room. But after that, we haven't seen him mess with any kind of plants at all. He's been a communication officer the whole time since the whole time. So I think yeah, it's almost, a, which is a good callback though. Yeah, but I think it's more about maybe they didn't know what he was when he put him in the show. Yeah, I feel like somebody like went back and watched the first episode. and They're like, shit, we should use that again. Yeah, like they like they didn't know he was a communication officer. Like, oh, we need him. We need to keep him in the show more. Oh, make good officer. Okay, but and they kind of forgot about the whole life life plant thing. So, um, Kirk gets his communicator and he calls the bridge of the Enterprise and tells them to uh, halt the shore parties coming to the planet because he wants to, you know, he wants proof of whatever's going on and he wants to find out if it's harmless or not before they can continue their shore leave. So then they hear just like gunshots off in the distance and they run in the direction that it came from while there's more shots ringing out. Which is a really weird thing to hear in this show is just like a a gunshot. Like we've heard phasers and all these other crazy sounds. It's just like a gunshot sounded really out of place. Yeah, it sounded it sounded, it sounded weird, but also it's also really cool to bring it in there. Yeah, it was just like I don't know. Like I mean, it's something we hear in movies and stuff all the time now, but it's not something we've heard in this yet. Like you would you wouldn't think we ever would have. But so yeah, they they run to the source and they see that. Sulu's just firing a revolver that he found. The other one of the rock 3D printed. He's just over there having a good old time, too. He's just like, I found this gun and just start shooting it. He <laughs> starts shooting it. Like, I'm like, yeah. Also like made that. bullets for the gun, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He starts shooting. I thought it was kind of weird myself. Like, yeah. see, this whole episode has an issue with, like, a small issue behind it. It's that this episode is fun, but everybody isn't acting as themselves. Yeah, they're all weird. They're all weird. So I'm so I the whole time I'm thinking, oh, maybe whatever's going on is affecting them like mentally, like their mental 
like their mind and making them act different. The last time that happened, Sulu was playing with a sword in the right. hallways of the Enterprise. Yeah. Dude, he just wants to kill stuff. Sulu's yeah. just... <laughs> Anytime he goes crazy, he's got swords, he's got guns. He even makes the comment that he doesn't have this one in his collection, meaning that he's a collector of ancient weapons. Yeah, so like this is where uh, Kirk just wants to know where Sulu got the gun or the weapon. And, and Sulu says, he's like, I've always wanted one like this. And he says he just found it laying on the ground. And uh, that there hasn't been one made like that in a couple of centuries. So yeah, like he, he knows his guns because he's, I forget what he says it is. It's some kind of like... Uh, some kind of like special edition or something like that. And uh, yeah, he's like just super pumped about it. And so he just picks it up and starts firing it randomly. But also like I was curious to know, how do they know what a gunshot sounds like? I can't imagine any of these people have ever heard, except for maybe Sulu because he's an enthusiast. But I can't imagine any of them have ever heard, you know, just a regular gunpowder gunshot in their lives. Unless they were going off like a like movies they've watched, like, you know, really, really old movies. They're all fan of the John Wick movies. Yeah, I figured Kirk would be a fan of like the classics like Face Off and uh, Demolition Man. He just he like loves those oh, old well, classics. You gotta put those in the rotation. Nah, John Wick. <laughs> he be a fan of John Wick. He like yeah. Yep. He loves you know John Wick, the the Bourne trilogy. He loves all that stuff. So uh, Kirk then just takes the weapon from Sulu, and Sulu is explaining to him how it works. Uh, just you know, gunpowder, blah blah blah. And uh, Yeoman Barrows is her is. We finally get her name. So she notices more rabbit tracks near them. And Kirk confirms with McCoy again that their probes didn't see anything on the planet. So they can't figure out, you know, where these tracks are coming from. So Kirk then orders Barrows and Sulu to find out where the tracks came from while he and McCoy go back to where they just were so they can look around. I'm like, oh, dude, like, you know, splitting up has always worked so well in the past. Why not just continue that trend? Like nothing bad ever happens when they split the party. Well, he's also a big fan of Scooby Doo, and that's what they do also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got a the mystery. Like, to all right, solve. gang, we're gonna split up and go look for a mystery. Okay, so I mean, in that instance, would Kirk or Spock be Fred? I think it would be Spock because Fred's pretty capable, right? I mean, he's he's usually the one that puts everything together. I, I did notice something, by the way. Um, right, I wrote the note and I look at my note. You know how they were, the planet was echoing when they were yelling at each other? Yeah, like you a really weird that? echo. Yep. And and I was like, uh, why is it echoing? If there's nothing there, it still doesn't mean it's going to echo like that. Like the way I know how echoes, how sound works. Like just because the planet is empty doesn't mean that when you yell in the middle place is going to echo. I was just curious and like maybe that's and this is 100% me just like making this up. But I, I wonder if it's like an effect that they used to just show that people were yelling because the volume didn't really change. Yeah. And I don't know how good they were at like sound mixing and sound mastering back then. So maybe there was like slap an echo on it. So people know instinctively that they were, you know, yelling. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I could take that. But, but I don't know. Like I, 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 hmm. I have no, no clue. Yeah. I wrote a note down. It just, it sounded weird. So, uh, so as Kirk and McCoy are walking around, uh, some kind of like weird antenna pops up. From behind them and like just starts following them like almost like it's listening or something like a directional microphone and uh kirk then notes how unusual the shore leave is becoming and mccoy jokes that it uh it could have been worse if kirk had been the one to see the rabbit and then they both laugh and it, this was the point when i was like man they're just acting really weird like that wasn't even funny and they're both just like laughing hysterically at it yeah that's what i'm saying dude that's the, that's the whole hour of the episode like it was it was strange yeah it was like just a really weird like uncanny thing yeah but then 
uh, Kirk starts telling a story about how at the Academy, he was always the butt of some jokes put on by a guy named Finnegan, which was another cadet at the Academy. Uh, like, basically, he got bullied by this guy, which is weird to think that somebody bullied Captain Kirk, but you know, he wasn't captain then. Uh, but they they find some more tracks, and then they find the footprints of the girl that was following the rabbit. And Kirk again decides that they should split up even more and each follow a different set of footprints, which is, again, always a good idea. Like, you were four, then you were two, and now you're just going to be one and nothing can possibly go wrong. He's got a full uh, crew up on the Enterprise again. You know, he can spare a few more. Yeah, he's willing to risk them. He's like, we just replenished. It's time to, you know, start knocking them off again. But McCoy makes this weird joke about how he has a personal grudge against the rabbit, and then they just go their separate ways. And, like, he's super pumped to be following this rabbit instead of kind of, like, weirded out and wondering what's going on. But as Kirk is walking, someone calls out his name, and he looks over and he sees uh, Finnegan leaning against a tree. A dude wearing a... Actually, it's kind of a neat silver shirt. Like, I liked that, the silver uniform. Yeah, I wrote that down. I thought, how, I thought it was really, really cool. It, but at this moment, I, st- I looked at his chest and I saw a little star emblem on it. And that's how I look at everybody else's uh, emblem on their shirt. I didn't notice that they were they were different. Like yep. there was little, like the symbols inside them are different for each. Like like uh, like Bones has his own symbol, and the Yeoman has their own. Yeah, symbol. Yeah, for like, like the different departments. Yeah, I didn't notice that until until this episode. Yeah, I I think I first noticed that in the Menagerie, like the first one when they went to like in the very beginning when they went to the. Uh, planet, and we're like talking with the people from Command or whenever I saw that. Yeah, I noticed the wrist thing. So not back, long ago. That. Yeah, I actually know about the cadets or whatever is they don't have any wrist things either. They don't have any wrist uh, marks. Yeah. Just that, yeah, uh, they have any, their rank. That shirt. Yeah, I think that, and I also think that shirt's way cooler than all the other shirts all the guys wear. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'd rock, I'd wear that shirt. Like, if I, if I was going to do a Star Trek, I don't know, cosplay or something like that, that would be, that'd be the thing I'd wear that, that silver shirt. Those were cool. I wonder if people do go for that. You see a lot of like the the reds and golds and blues. Mm-hmm. So Finnegan then approaches Kirk and he's just like kind of laughing and he says that you never know when he's going to strike and he just punches Kirk in the jaw. So <laughs> just knocks him right on his ass. And Kirk gets up and he's smiling and he just lunges at Finnegan and then they just have a fight. But it gets broken up when they hear a woman scream and uh, Kirk just gets up and runs towards the Screaming while Finnegan just taunts him. <laughs> it's just, it was such a weird thing. So McCoy and Kirk meet up and they find Yeoman Barrows huddled by a tree and her uniform's all ripped up. And she says that she was attacked by a man in a cloak wielding a dagger with jewels in it. And McCoy's like, well, it sounds like Don Juan. Time out. You, you can't jump to Don Juan that quick. Really? That that quick you jump to Don Juan? <laughs> like, I would have expected that from Spock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Spock would have been like, oh, logically speaking, like you jump to Don Juan pretty quick. Like, you didn't say what it looked. You didn't say what color it was. What color his hair was? Like, oh, what did that kind of look like? Oh, it had some, like nothing. Like he was the Don Juan really quick. Like that's my issue. Yeah, there's only been one person in the history of humans to ever have a dagger with jewels in it. And that's the yeah, one. It, it was Don Juan. Yeah, he, yeah, the, yeah, really quick. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, and this is where I noticed too. Like the trees and some of the plants have a weird red spray paint on them. Well, I noticed that. Yeah, I at noticed this that time, too. But I thought it was because. It was she got attacked by something and was blood. But now that you mentioned it, there's no blood anywhere. So why would it be like that? Yeah, that's what I thought too. And then I, I noticed like nobody was bleeding, so I have oh. no idea what any of that was about. It was really okay. weird. Oh, okay. Those old bleeding trees in Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the, the Ohio <laughs> bleeding trees. Oh, yeah. They're terrible. I got, I got the bleeding tree. I remember that. Yep. 
So uh, so she agrees that she thinks it could have been Don Juan and says that she was just thinking about how the planet is like some kind of storybook and that all a girl needs is a Don Juan. And if they're not like, I, I can't believe they're not <laughs> well, putting does this it? together right now. Yeah, it took, it took them a long time to get to where I thought they would get after about, you know. I mean, he's a, yeah. like, they get, like, a lot of times they get somewhere so fast that I kind of disagree with it. I'm like, okay, that's too fast, like the whole thing earlier. But, like, by now, they should have got to this to this part. Yeah. Like, by, by now, particularly when they're, they're so smart in all these situations. I just, I, and I felt like they were acting really weird. I'll explain, I'll, wait to the end. Wait, I'll, 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 I can rant at the end. I just thought about this, but maybe I can chalk this up to the fact that they were all just overtired and exhausted. Maybe that's how I'm going to justify the fact that Kirk is dumb as shit right now and that nobody's putting anything together. Well, that 9 percent's really starting to show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's more like 90% now. He can't even remember how to tie his shoes at this point. So Kirk asks where Sulu went, and uh, Barrow says that, she ran after, or that he ran after Don Juan. And so Kirkton just leaves McCoy with Barrows and he goes looking for Sulu and we see the antenna uh, following him around. It's like he's running around looking for Sulu and like he's just he's like just sprinting all over the place, calling out for Sulu. You know what's weird about that scene that the antenna is pretty big. How could you not see it? Yeah, well, he had his back to it most of the time, didn't he? Or did we, I think we had a shot too where it was like higher up. True, but it looked like it was following him. You think you would you, you think you would hear someone following you was, you know a large object object in their hands if that's what what was happening. Yeah, he's he's just not with it this episode. He's real tired. So yeah, so then he runs into like this desert oasis kind of area and then he sees an, a woman that he says is named Ruth and Kirk's life is just filled with good-looking women and this is no different here. <laughs> yeah, he he had the type to go for the blondes. I Oh yeah. We haven't noticed like a brunette from his past yet. Uh, I think Helen from the Christmas party, maybe. Oh, yep, that's true. Yeah, that's just because that's all that was available at the time. Like, if there were two women and one was blonde, <laughs> he probably would have gone for the blonde. But you got to remember, the stereotype at this time was blonde hair and blue eyes was beauty. And that's how it was at the time. Yeah. So most so most uh, people that in here that are going to be attractive to him are going to be somebody blonde hair and blue eyes. It's just part of, product of the time. Yeah. So, yeah, so Ruth just approaches him and uh, kisses him. But but she's like making out with his cheek. Like she didn't kiss his lips. She started kissing him on the cheek. But I'm pretty sure she gave his cheek tongue. Like it was just it was <laughs> real weird. So we go to a commercial break while she's just making out with the side of his face. Just how like just how he likes it. Yeah, I mean he's not pushing her away. Maybe she's nibbling on his ear. Okay. She's wasting no time. Yeah, so we get the captain's log, details what happened so far, uh, no new information there, and then Kirk tries to call McCoy, but he's getting distracted by Ruth, and he's he's like, hey, you know, you haven't aged in 15 years, like, how are you even here? And she says that none of that matters, but then he gets interrupted by McCoy calling to ask if he found Sulu yet. So Kirk says that he hasn't found Sulu, but... He, he's like, nah, he's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's all right. He was talking like that really monotone, like I'm super distracted because I'm about to get laid kind of voice. Right. Which, again, like it felt like there was something influencing like his brain, like something in the air that was just making him act different. So McCoy's like, hey, are you OK? And he's just like, yes. Yep. But then he gets another call. Like, what a terrible time for your phone to keep going off. This time it's Rodriguez saying that he saw a whole flock of birds. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> Dan, I'm just gonna call you tomorrow when I see a bird. <laughs> just say, hey, <laughs> I saw some birds. 
But it's more. I think it's more about the fact that there were even birds in the first place. Right, but it's just so weird. He's, he's like, Captain, I just saw a shit ton of birds. Yeah, I know, it's random. But then Kirk is like, well, you like birds, don't you? And Rodriguez is like, well, yeah, I like them fine. Not really. <laughs> yeah, right? He's just like, oh, yeah, like birds are cool, I guess. But I mean, I never really thought about it. But then he mentions that, you know, their instruments, you know, how they hadn't picked anything up. But Kirk just cuts them off and says that their instruments are defective. And, that you know, hey, there must be some life forms on the planet. So Rodriguez says that their surveys couldn't have been that wrong. And Kirk orders all the search parties to rendezvous with a glade because he just wants to know what's going on at this point. So he has this little moment with uh, Ruth before she leaves. And then he gets another call from Spock. Uh, Spock says that he's getting strange readings from a power field on the planet. And it's a highly sophisticated type of energy that's draining their power while it increases. So like the whatever is draining their power is also increasing in power. Uh, but it's having an effect on their communications. So Kirk wants to know if they can pinpoint the source. And Spock says that it seems to be some sort of industrial activity under the planet's surface. So Kirk's like, all right, I'm going to go continue my investigation. And then he just hangs up on Spock. So Barrows and McCoy, they're just like having a, a kind of weird conversation as the antenna is listening in. And Barrows mentions that in a place like that, a girl should be dressed like a fairy tale princess. I'm <laughs> just... Uh, it's such it's it's so childish. It's like it's just so weird. But then like, she's like in a place like this, like like fucking Ohio. Like I don't think we, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anyone yeah. dressed like that. It's, in Ohio, it's not like but. it's like it's not, like it's a castle and it's like yeah. you know the night times and the main times <laughs> or whatever. It's like oh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, she's like man, these you know ants and cicadas really remind me of all the fairy tales I've ever read. So then McCoy just makes a joke that. You know, he she would have whole armies of Don Juans fighting, you know, to to fight it <laughs> off, and that and you know he'd be there too. And I'm like, yeah, because he's like, you know, I'd be fighting for you too. And I'm like, wait, first of all, I want to see this army of Don Juans now that he's <laughs> thought about it. Yeah. And second of all, does McCoy have a weird princess fetish? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like McCoy seems to have this weird princess fetish. Well, this is actually the first time we've seen him talk, talk to a woman like this, right? Or second time? Yeah. The, the first time was, uh, I think, when he went to that uh, the space place and like one of those was the X or something like that. Yeah. And then this time it's well, and this time it's this one. So he likes to get a little frisky it, on vacation. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just a little princess outfit. But I know, I know it's Doc talking. I, I was like, oh, Doc gets the girl this time. That's cool. Yeah. Because you know, that's all, that's kind of that's kind of a, re- a reverse play, reverse situation. You know. Yeah, it's weird that she went for him instead of Kirk. Like. Maybe Kirk's yeah. just not her type. Yeah, I, like it was just it was just random to me. I thought, oh, okay, like Doc gets an episode of him, you know, talking to a female. But once again, like I got I gotta wait to the end. I gotta wait to the end for my rant. <laughs> but the dialogue and, and the way everybody's acting is just it's a it's it's contradictory to their characters. Like yeah. it's just yeah, keep going, keep going. I'll, I'll wait to the end. I kind of like to think that there's some type of spore on this on the planet at this point that's all getting really high. Yeah, it's just messing yeah, I, up. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure what it is at this point. It's well, I think this one was just because McCoy was like, you know, he's always had this princess fetish and he's never gotten the opportunity, and now he has the opportunity, so he's just going for it. He's just going for yeah. it. It's like put the dress yeah, on. The, yeah. Why is she wearing the hat then? Yeah. That's my yeah, because I I clarified that hat. Wow, that's all I put. I couldn't say nothing. Like the, the hat was so stout, I didn't know what to say. Yeah, like well I, I was, the. 
the the the, okay. the dress also was not the very best for a princess either. It's Ohio princess. Well, no. Yeah, you know the main, oh, okay. like the main princess. You have a point, Ohio princess <laughs> dress. Yeah, yeah. This is where like they have this little moment together, and then she sees a dress with a hat and a veil, like the one she was talking about. And McCoy gets super creepy. He's like, "Go put on the dress," and she's like, yeah, "Oh, you know, I'm afraid it. to." Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I want to see you in it. Like, please put that dress on." And she's like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> like, I'll be a professional and only peek if I have to. Right. Yeah. So she goes like behind some shrubs to just change. And she's like, oh, don't peek. And he's like, well, I'm a doctor. And when I peek, it's in the line of duty. I'm just like, dude, McCoy's just super fucking creepy in this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure somebody in our life used that that line on somebody before. Hey, his (laughs) game is not as strong as Kirk's. Yeah, somebody has used that line before. I'm telling you, he's overcome by the fact that he's going to get to finally have his princess fetish fulfilled. Uh, (laughs) He's been waiting his entire life for this. Ever since he read his first like golden book. (laughs) So, yeah, so he turns around so that she can change. And then he gets a call from Rodriguez. I don't know why I keep stuttering on that. Uh, But his signal's not coming through too well. And he tells McCoy about Kirk's order to go back to the Glade. And, uh... At this point, like while he's talking to Rodriguez, McCoy keeps like trying to sneak peeks at Barrows while she's changing, just being a creep. But they lose contact, and so then we go elsewhere where Rodriguez and Tiller are trapped by a tiger for some goddamn reason. So he tries to call McCoy for help, but the communicator isn't working. And then that's just the end of that scene. Like they, they do nothing with this tiger at this point. They just leave him there. Tra- I thought that was kind of, I, I thought it was very very useless in a weird situation. It would be different if they, we saw them doing the plants and they just said something about a tiger or yeah. said something that made a tiger appear. Like, there probably was something there and they cut it out for for time in the show. I'm assuming they did. Right. They Somebody had to, you know, but I just, the tiger just appeared. So, like, it was kind of just there for no reason to us, particularly, pretty much. But, like, which one of these fucking weirdos is just walking around thinking about tigers? Like, they're just doing their yeah. job and Rodriguez is over there just thinking, you know what I like? Tigers. It's like, that's how they got yeah, one. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I like was it, thinking it, it, maybe uh, they're big Spider-Man fans, and he has her call him, you know, Tiger, like MJ does. Hey, <laughs> oh <tiger."> yeah, uh, <laughs> so they got a real tiger. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, see. I thought maybe he was thinking I of like Frosted Flakes. Wish, I just wish they would explain <laughs> that. Some they're kind of talking way. about Tony the Tiger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, Paul. Yeah, it was really like just random. It seemed like there was some yeah. something missing. Yeah, we go back to McCoy and Barrows, and she has changed into the dress, and McCoy is like. Just like super smiling weird while they we go back to the like, show. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, if she got this dress, there better be that whole damn army of Don Juans, but we never get it. Uh back on the Enterprise, Spock calls Kirk, who is looking to him for answers, and Spock suggests that, you know, hey, maybe you're all just hallucinating. And Kirk mentions how Finnegan punched him in the jaw, so he's like, you know, I didn't definitely didn't hallucinate the pain of that. Uh, but they start to lose signal, and Spock is like, Hey, you know, should I come down there to help? Because you guys like are aren't doing shit. And Kirk says no, but he says that, you know, they're armed with phasers and there hasn't been any real danger, you know, except for like the tiger and the guy with the knife and, you know, no, no real danger yet. Yeah, but the thing is, they ha- he hadn't seen that though himself. He hasn't seen Well, he knew about the knife attack. And the, I mean, a, really? and a, yeah. Remember, he's the one that met up with Oh, the Don Juan. Oh, yeah. the Don Juan part. Okay, you're right. Yeah. And then, okay. you know, Sulu just firing randomly into the forest is a bit of a danger, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, that's never safe just to fire a gun randomly. Yeah, but like, what do you guys? If, if Spock had gone to the planet at this point, I was like, what? Like, what would appear for him? What does he think about? It's just like big calculators and computers and shit. 
You think he fantasized about things that are not logical? An old Apple computer just appeared like, oh, that was from 98. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like what would like what would he fantasize about that would show up on there? I, maybe being the captain himself. Remember when he was on the phone to the alcohol, he was complaining and about how he wanted love and wanted to be like, be with somebody. Oh yeah. So maybe it's so maybe his fantasy really is just maybe a relationship with somebody or something. Yeah. A female Vulcan. Yeah. So at this point, Kirk gets distra- dis- distracted by some geese that are flying by and he just hangs up on Spock. He's like, oh, sweet geese. And just fucking hangs up on He's him. Like, oh, the birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which again, we it, we have geese in Ohio. I, I, I firmly believe they're just in Ohio. I'm not going to let that go. So elsewhere, Sulu's walking around and then a samurai comes up from like a trap door in the ground and attacks him. And Sulu tries to shoot the samurai but with his phaser, but his phaser won't work. And if he had his gun, he'd have been fine. But Kirk took that. And there's, <laughs> yeah, Kirk, there's, Kirk just took his only way to defend himself. Yeah, there's actually a, a decent little bit of choreography between those two. Like, it's nothing crazy. The samurai just takes a couple of good swings. But, you know, Sulu ducks him and gets out of the way. But that that guy playing the samurai went, like, full swing on those. Though. So, like, it was really good. Of course, the Asian guy gets the samurai after him. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, he's Come just walking now. around thinking about samurai. <laughs> You been thinking about samurais for fun? Like, oh, you know, <laughs> like samurai. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, okay, samurai. No, man, that's undercover. That's undercover. That's a racist, sir. That's the weird like, thing been. about this whole episode for me is just the weird shit that these people are randomly thinking about. Like, Sulu's out here trying to solve a mystery, and he's like, you know, what I haven't thought about in a while, a samurai. <laughs> like, a samurai. like, what are these yeah. guys thinking of? I can be honest with you guys. I didn't watch the last ten minutes of the show. What? So I, I don't know how it concludes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out. Because I watched it as I watched it after watching it, oh so my I have no God. idea exactly how it ends. So that's why that's why all my answers are literally how they are. Did you just so say no fuck idea. this? I'm not doing this. No, I I had so much stuff going on. Real love, yeah, real life that, stuff, yeah. Yeah, so much going on that got all the way to the last ten minutes. I was like, you know what? Ten minutes left. I get we. Can, I, I'll I'll notice it when I get there. Yeah. So I'm going. So the way they're acting, unless they unless they explain it to me toward the end, I'm hoping at the very they explain to me what's going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna doubt this episode really really bad. <laughs> well, but, you're gonna be somewhat <laughs> disappointed then. I'm just yeah, not gonna let you yeah, know because because who the hell thinks about sunrise walking by? Yeah, like, randomly random as hell. Because nine times out of the time, as a man, let's know what's on my mind is definitely females. Or, or or females with females and other females. 99% of the time. Okay. And 1% of the time is video games. It's that 1% where you're thinking about like Godzilla or something. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it's 98% probably movies, you know, and random female stuff. And you got 1% video games and 1% uh, other stuff. But so all their fantasies that keep popping up, I just feel like it just, it's so random and not thought out. Me personally, it's just stupid to me. Yeah. You know, that's a fair point because where's the food at? Yeah, like, like it's like, and it is like, it's situations, but it's not like items. Like, like people keep popping up, but why isn't, why aren't things popping up too? Like buildings and things like that. Like oh, all dude, these small things I keep. Mine would be like, there'd be like a fucking stack of Baconators or like, you know, Bacon Kings <laughs> or Whoppers yeah. or something. Yeah, like food. Yeah, like all these random things in my head. Like I, I knew there was like, they get a thought spin of life. And I thought it's, it's the thoughts they're picking at me particularly are just, just not not really big or not really important to me. I don't know. I just I find I find a tad bit annoying. Yeah, yeah. It's just keep weird. Going, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So so Sulu runs to Kirk, who is trying to call McCoy on his communicator, not having any luck, and he tries to explain to Kirk that the samurai was chasing him, but now it's just gone. And then this, this is where I notice there's like some really weird kind of wind chime noise going on in the background. 
Uh, I, yeah. I don't know if like it just started, but I, it's the first time I noticed it. I didn't notice that. Which again, you know, Ohio, that's a constant here. Yeah, <laughs> the wind chimes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, they discuss the plan to meet at the Glade, and Sulu shows Kirk that their phasers don't work. Like he tries to fire it, nothing happens, and then suddenly Spock just comes down from the ship. But the transporter is having trouble getting him there. So he's like kind of phasing in and out. And I'm like, dude, I bet that would make you like sick as fuck. Like, I bet you would just puke nonstop after that. That has to be absolutely terrible because you're kind of in both places at once, right? Yeah, I was about to say, wouldn't that be painful because you're being reassembled? Yeah, but I think that the big thing is uh, Spock didn't make any reference to him realizing that something was wrong as he was coming. No. Like, oh, that took longer than normal or things like that. So I'm not sure Spock even noticed. I think only they noticed looking looking at him. So I wonder, but they didn't mention it to him. They're like, hey, it's a, like we saw you, but you weren't coming in. You just now came through like there's something going on. Like it was just it's, it's a weird it's a weird thing for me not to mention that or him not to notice that it took him a long time to materialize. Yeah. Well, they also every time that they transport, they stay perfectly still. And I'm sure that that's just because of the way that the effects were going to work at the time. Like it's much easier yeah. to have them you know, hold that pose or whatever. But, like, what happens if you are just moving around a shit ton while you're being transported somewhere? Like, I wonder if that messes everything up. So maybe he's, like, trapped there knowing that this is going wrong, but he knows he can't move because it'll make it worse. Like, he's just sitting there in his own personal hell for, like, 30 seconds. I think it'd be, I think it'd be cool in the future if they if there's a transport incident and then they can find out what exactly what happens when they get materialized. Where exactly do you go? Yeah, like, just a, a good explanation of how it works. You get to finish how it works. Yeah, we, we see how it works. We don't know how it works, though. Yeah, like, we know that it split Kirk into two at one point, and, we, like, we never really got an explanation of how that happens. Just a, ma- a malfunction split him into two people. So, yeah, so Spock is like, hey, I had to come down here because our communicators aren't working, and now the transporter's basically useless because that's really all the, ha- the power that we had. So he says that the power field that he found is sucking up all their energy and that he was able to transport himself, you know, before it was too late. Uh, then we go back to... The, the pond where McCoy and Barrows are walking along and uh, Bones thinks that he hears somebody, but uh, she's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of scared right now. And he's like, well, you know, a princess shouldn't be afraid when you have a brave knight to protect her. And uh, that was like, that was it. <laughs> that was that scene. Creepy. It's, it's, it's creepy. Keep going. It's creepy. Yeah. So we go back to Kirk, Sulu and Spock who are all together now. And then they hear the tiger roaring. And they decide to go investigate it. And Kirk tells them to spread out. And I'm like, fucking why? Like, okay, stop spreading out. But also you hear a tiger and you're just going to go. Why are you? Yes, yes. Why are you going after the tiger? Let, yeah. Let's find it together. Like together, right? Because Spock is the one with super strength over here. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going with Spock. And Kirk's like, oh, you know, I've never seen a tiger before. Like, let's go check this thing out. And then they just like, he seemed like they were in a big hurry. And then they just calmly walk towards the tiger. Like they have no reason to run. There's like, hey, you want to go? You want to go see a tiger? Well, you don't want to startle the tiger. At this point, though, if I was Kirk, I would be wondering if Spock was even real, or if like he was just there because there's weird shit going on, and like maybe he was thinking of Spock. I actually Honestly, wondered that also when he beamed down, if uh, he wasn't imaginary or not. So uh, we go back to McCoy, and he sees a knight on horseback approaching them, and he's like, "Oh, this isn't real. You know, it's just hallucina- hallucinations, and they can't harm me." Or us. And then the the knight charges with his lance and just fucking impales him. <laughs> like, just absolutely impales him. Drives that lance right through him. Which is weird about that, that he had that thought process, because she's wearing different clothes. Like, if she... Mm. They would have to be real. Mm. Yeah. So, in other words, 
She'd so be naked words, if she say, wasn't. So, in other words, the genius doctor forgot that Don Juan ripped her clothes earlier. Right. And now he this hallucination, he forgets that he can just stab him. I mean, he's not a genius or oh my god, he's not a genius or a Star Trek officer. I mean, of course not. He can't put two and two together. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just gonna let it stab me because they can't they can't affect us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just and I like I'll, I'll rant later. I'll rant later. Let's just. I was fully <laughs> expecting this to be one of those things where it turns out that he's right and it just goes through him, but it definitely went through him, but like through his chest. Like it didn't phase through. Yeah. It just straight fucking stabbed him. So. uh <laughs> So Kirk and Sulu show up and Kirk kills the knight with a revolver, which is something I never thought I would see is Captain Kirk fire a revolver at a knight on horseback and kill him. It's just like this is the weirdest shit. Mm. I got I got an issue for this, too. My issue for this is how many bullets are in that gun, bro? Yeah, he, well, uh, he's uh, yeah. fired Can't more than count. six altogether at this point. Right. How many bullets in that gun? Because because uh, my boy Zulu was popping out shots earlier. I didn't count how many shots there were. I forgot to. Sulu's dream gun never has to reload. Okay, <laughs> see, this is no, no, no. Okay, you can say that now. They didn't specify <laughs> that in, in the show. Okay, so now I got an issue. I swear Sulu popped at least six shots earlier. Maybe he didn't. I should go back and count. I forgot to count. So I'm just saying he popped all those shots earlier, and it magically Kurt has the gun with a bunch of bullets in it. Yeah, or he just like for some I reason did. Kirk is always carrying around like a pocket full of revolver rounds just in case, rounds. and they just they finally came in handy. Like finally, never, it's been ten years. Boy Scout, you never. <laughs> at the review, I've seen that Kurt shot three shots at the night. Yeah, three shots at the night. I'm gonna go back in a little bit and I'm gonna see how many uh, Sulu shot earlier and make a count. I want to say Sulu fired somewhere between three and five. Uh, I want to say it might have. Yeah, maybe closer to five. But I don't, yeah, I don't know for sure. So they go and they run and they uh, they check on McCoy, but he's dead. Like, McCoy's just dead. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, like blood spot and everything. Uh, and we go to a commercial break and come back just to another captain's log explaining the situation. And then, you know, Barrows is just breaking down and, and crying and blaming herself for McCoy's death. And Kirk tries to, you know, bring her out of it and kind of console her a bit. Uh, but Sulu calls Kirk over to the night. And they find out that it's basically just uh, a dummy in a suit. It's not a real person in there. And I, I really like in this scene that, uh, you know, two people get dead or get dead. Yes. Uh, two people get killed. <laughs> and Sulu's just like, oh, sweet, a dead body. I better go check that out. <laughs> like He just runs over and like starts checking out this dead knight. Kirk says that he doesn't understand what's going on, but he's going to find out before they leave the planet. And he calls over Spock, who gets the tricorder from Sulu. And Spock starts scanning the dummy because apparently Sulu couldn't do that. I don't know if he can't read the tricorder. He can only do plants. He can't do real people. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand a lot of small subtleties in this thing. Yeah, but then then, uh, Spock says that the dummy's skin closely resembles the cellular casting that they used for wound repairs so i'm gonna guess that like they kind of have maybe some kind of like 3d printed wound repair thing you just slap it on you like a band-aid but it's becomes like actual skin or something but he he says that the basic cell structure is pretty much the same as the plants that are there and that all of the animals and people must be being manufactured so kirk wants to know why these specific things are being made and then he's just like he pokes the dummy's cheek real hard I don't know why. Like it was such a, it's just like stabbing his finger to this dummy's cheek really hard. For for a second, I thought it was a person that was just sitting there. Yeah, I thought that too. With a a face, 
whatever. So when he poked it, I thought, oh, and then I saw the skin. I was like, oh, it really is a dummy. Like for a second, I thought it would be like a person that just didn't move. Right. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, I thought it was like a person in makeup. So Kirk's just their finger in this dummy's cheek, and they hear an airplane. And Rodriguez tells Teller about the funny air vehicles that they used to use in the wars. And she's like, oh, you know, is this thing going to hurt us? And he says, well, only if it makes a strafing run. And then the planes make a strafing run. So they're getting shot at by the airplanes. They're trying to run away. And they run into the tree line. And Teller just runs directly into a tree and knocks herself out. Like, <laughs> just runs face first into a tree. Like, looking at it the whole time and everything. Well, wasn't he, like, holding her hand, like, running her alongside him? Yeah, what's funny is, like, he's on the left. And I think she's on the right. And he's holding her hand and they're running. And then she lets go of his hand and crosses behind him to the left and slams into the tree. Like she was just like inexplicably drawn to it. It just slams into the tree. That tree came out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, if she was thinking about it, it might have. So uh, back with Kirk, Spock, and Sulu and Barrows. uh, You know, they're watching the planes fly by. And Sulu notices that McCoy and the Black Knight have been dragged away. Their, Their bodies are just missing. So Spock's like, hey, I got an idea. And he asked Kirk what he was thinking of before he saw everything that he saw. And, and Kirk's like, well, I was thinking of my days at the Academy. And then suddenly Finnegan is is back and he's calling out to Kirk again. And Finnegan just like runs off. And Kirk orders Spock and Sulu to find McCoy's body. And he says that Finnegan is his problem. And Spock's like, this is not a good idea. And Kirk's like, you know, that's an order. Go find them bodies. I'm going to go uh, chase after this Finnegan guy. And then Kirk's just like hauling ass through the de- like through the forest and then they come to like a desert area like Shatner was really moving like he was he was just full on sprinting here hey he really wanted to kick his ass yeah i just why uh, why is this episode so annoying to me why is kurt chasing him by himself yeah i don't get it multiple There's times five, they do this all the people are there but they keep doing this split off solo thing i don't get why that is because the weakness is of the enterprise like, crew he's so damn he's too smart to do something this stupid that's my issue with the whole damn episode my, i'm done now my, my turn <laughs> here we go my turn to go i'm done i am so everybody in this episode is acting so stupid to, to what they normally is what no are what are we doing this episode like why is everybody acting so stupid like everybody's making dumb decisions making thinking about dumb stuff when this is the start the enterprise they're, and they're full of smart people Yep. Like I don't get like it's it's just a bunch of dumb decisions and dumb like this 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 show was too smart and his crew was too smart to, to act this stupid in this situation because it would take me ten it took them maybe what ten minutes to figure out what the hell was going on on this planet yeah. it should be it shouldn't take this long to figure this out because you made it too easy at the beginning if you'd have made it harder to figure it out then I wouldn't make it a big deal but like we figured it out five ten minutes in they should have figured it out quick like it just they didn't figure it out it took them this long to figure out is slightly annoying. When, he, when his characters are too smart to be this dumb. Well, it's especially weird coming off the back of the episode of the, the Romulan encounter. Like, that was a very yeah. serious episode, and now we just have this obviously, like, super goofy episode. Well, no, I, I'm okay with it being goofy and fun, but, like, if you say, oh, like, I'm not sure I'm going to find out in a minute. I'm, I, I like I said, I haven't seen the last image. You'll find, oh, the, the chemical out there has people to act childlike and makes us mess with their brains and make them make dumb decisions. I, I, I could have let this whole episode go that quick. If, that, if that's what the re- end result is, I can, I can apologize. But overall, every decision they're making is not very smart Star Trek character-like. No. So, like, if you want, if you want to make the episode like a uh, episode earlier when everybody was under uh, influence of the, the, the chemical and they all were acting different. 
that made sense to me. They're acting different because they were under influence of chemical. This whole time we're going through all this stuff right now, and they're making decisions contrary to what how they would act forever. Every, like ninety percent of decisions in the episode don't make any sense to me for the characters. Yeah, and that's what it's annoying me this whole time. This one, like, it really has the feel of an early episode when they were still developing the characters, but it's not. Like, it's not something that was filmed earlier and that we're getting, you know, later. It's just, it's just fucking weird. Is all it is. Like, yeah, like just, a new team of writers came in and was like, "Oh, we're gonna yeah, make this a comedy." It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird, awkward, and uncomfortable. This whole thing. Yeah. Like it's it's like it doesn't make any sense to be this. I don't know. It's annoying me. Yeah. It's a, and, I, and I slowly go through it and I'm like, oh, ignore this, ignore that. But slowly it's, it's ignoring me because, like I said, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. But we're going to, we're going to continue on. And, uh, go. Kirk is following. Oh, He's like, nope, we're, we're done. Screw it. We're not, actually, we're not going to continue on. <laughs> we're ending it right here. Uh, so yeah, Kirk is following Finnegan to the desert area. We get like some really goofy ass music playing. And uh, he finally catches Finnegan and Finnegan attacks him and beats him up a little bit. Like Kirk really kind of gets his ass kicked here, which is interesting to see. Uh, and then he Kirk out of nowhere. It's a pretty just, fun fight, though. Yeah, like it, it's it's there's a little bit of back and forth. There's some decent punches and stuff. And then Kirk like just delivers the the worst drop kick I've ever seen, I think. And uh, Finnegan finds some kind of like wooden pole out of nowhere and just breaks it over Kirk's back. So. Finnegan just like knocks Kirk's down or Kirk down and uh, just starts taunting him. He's like, oh, you know, you're older and I'm still, you know, as young as I was 15 years ago. And then they fight a little bit more and Kirk knocks Finnegan off of like a rock. And Finnegan says, he's like, oh, I can't feel my legs. Like, I think my back is broken. And Kirk's like, oh, shit. And he goes to help him. But Finnegan was kidding and he was just faking and he attacks Kirk again. And uh, in watching this, like one of the things that I kept thinking about was like, holy shit, dude. These these stunts had to hurt. Like though that I don't think that that's any kind of mat or like fake rock. That looked like solid rock. Like the stuntmen. No. Dude, the stunt stuntmen took some falls on this. Like some of those look genuinely painful. What's the old school way of uh old school way of uh, fighting and doing and doing choreographies? Were a lot, a lot painful. I always say. Yeah, dude. Some like oh my back hurt just watching some of this. But yeah, then Kirk gets knocked out, and we go to a commercial, and, and when we come back, Kirk is waking up. And Finnegan's still just taunting him. So Kirk's like, you know, hey, if, if, you know, the only thing I want out of this is like, I want answers. And Finnegan's like, well, you know, you got to earn them. And then throws dirt in his eyes and they start fighting again. Uh, they're just kind of trading punches. And then, you know, both of them fall over exhausted. Uh, and then they get up and they just keep fighting again. And the collapse finally, like from exhaustion. And Kirk is just like, hey, you know, I want to know what's happening to my people. And Finnegan says he doesn't answer a question from plebes. And Kirk's like, I'm not a plebe, which is really weird. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so Kirk tries to... I don't, can, know, I don't know what plebe means, but I'm, I, I can just guess. Uh, it's it's basically <laughs> like a newbie, but it gets used in gaming as uh, an insult a lot to say that you're bad when really it's just like it's you're a new person to something. Uh, so it's, it's, like, oh, it's so not people, even people in character. So people use that now? Is that a, a term they use now? Well, yeah, now is it's it's used as like an insult saying that you're really bad at something, but originally okay. it's just you're like noob. Yeah, originally so noob, so noob. Yeah. So noob would be complete. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I said I never ever heard it used before. So Yeah. So Kirk's you know, he's like, Hey, I'm not a plebe and then he tries to convince Finnegan, he's like, Look, it's it's fifteen years later. Like, what are you even doing here? And Finnegan's like, Oh, you know, I'm being exactly what you expect me to be and then they just get up and fight again. They just keep it going. He's like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm just being an asshole. I'm, I'm whooping you, dude. So 
Kirk finally knocks Finnegan out, and then Spock shows up, and he's like, did you enjoy that? And Kirk's like, yeah, I kind of did enjoy that. And that's the only thing I've been wanting to do is beat the tar out of Finnegan, you know, after all these years. I've been thinking about this for 15 years. Yeah, it's really weird that, like, Kirk got bullied at the Academy, and that's that's all he thinks about now. So that's all he cares about. <laughs> so they just, they start discussing what they think is going on, and that, you know, somehow something is reading their thoughts and manufacturing the things that they're thinking. Uh, so Spock gives the example of Rodriguez thinking of the tiger, and then suddenly there's a tiger behind him. And I saw this time that the that poor tiger was just, like, on a chain, like, had a chain around its neck. Which definitely means they had a real tiger on set. Yeah, and, and they're, the they're not doing also. that in filmmaking these days. Like, that's that would probably be, like, a CGI tiger, I think, now. Uh, you think they probably got that from the Tiger King guy? Cool. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm not. I'm not being. I, I just. I, I wonder if it's like that uh, person that existed back then that had a bunch of animals. Maybe not him exactly. But. Yeah, let's say I think this is a little old for for him. But I mean, like somebody like him, probably. Yeah, somebody like him. Yeah, that's weird. I know, I didn't notice a chain on his neck. I wasn't paying that much attention, honestly. Yeah, that poor thing. But they leave the area and they go to warn the rest of the landing party, and then they get attacked by like some planes. You know, the airplanes straight into a strafing run and they get attacked by the samurai and Kirk just shoulder charges the shit out of that samurai like it's nothing. Like he just runs through that thing. Yeah, he's like, fuck your sword. I'm gonna knock you over. Like, look, I really don't have time for this shit. Just like barrels through him. Elsewhere, Barrows has changed back into her regular uniform and then Don Juan shows up and tries to kidnap her. But Kirk and Spock show up and Don Juan just lets her go and he runs away. Like, they don't say anything. They don't do anything. He's just like, oh, shit, people. And he just leaves. Don Juan didn't want nothing of that. He's like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah, he's like, I saw what you did to that samurai. Like, I'm not I'm not messing with that. <laughs> I don't want to catch that shoulder. I do shoulder. want to clarify, you know, I, a lot of times, I mean, there are some small details that they mess up on. Her shirt isn't ripped right. I just want to clarify that. Okay, I thought I saw that too, but I didn't want to go back and look. Yeah, yeah, her shirt isn't, her shirt's not right. Like he was ripped on the other side and for Okay, that. yep, that's what I thought. So like Yeah, so Maybe it, she I, imagined I she somewhat fixed it, but not all the way. Yeah, she, yeah, she thought about her ripped clothes, but she thought about them wrong, so she just got like other ones manufactured. Yeah, I just I, I, it's it's something real subtle and stupid. It's just maybe Yeah, just continuity error. Yeah. I just know stuff like that. No stuff like that. Which is weird, like that they would not just use the original uh uniform but uh a lot of times in uh movies i'm like when we there you guys know a lot of times in movies and stuff they'll have the same shirt done like a bunch of different times like even though even though it's for, for one scene like a ripped version of it different while well, forms of it ripped up and then they'll just change it out and have you reuse it right and, and a lot of time it comes where they'll mess up with it, put a blood spot in the wrong spot and things like that when they use a different form not sure why they do it like that but yeah that's how they do it yeah so so Kirk uh, tells them all to stand at attention, and he's like, you know, you need to concentrate on being at attention and nothing else. Like, that's it. You just stand here and you concentrate on this. And then this is where just like some uh, older guy comes walking up to him, and uh, he says he's the, the caretaker of that area. So he tells him that uh, he's like, hey, we just realized that you guys don't really understand what's going on here and that this whole thing is really intended to amuse you. And Kirk is like, you know, he kind of questions the word, the use of the word amuse. He's like, you, you think this is amusing? And the old guy says that uh, nothing that's happened there is permanent and that uh, all they have to do is imagine their fondest wishes, uh, either old ones or, you know, that they want to relive or new ones. And he says that anything that pleases them can be made to happen. 
And Spock's like, oh, man, it's, it's kind of like an amusement park I read about from Earth. And the old guy's like, yep, that's pretty much exactly it. So we never got this old man's name, by the way. It's another one of those things where they were just like, eh, minor character. He doesn't need a name. So he says that the planet was constructed for his race of people to go there and just basically play. And Sue is like, well, you know, if you're so advanced, you know, you still need to play. And that's kind of weird. And, and Kirk says that the more complex the mind, the greater the need for the simplicity of play. And Kirk goes on to say it still doesn't explain the death of the ship's surgeon, you know, and Dr. McCoy. And suddenly McCoy appears and he's got two half naked women. And he's like, well, that's possibly I, because nobody has died. I hear the Godfather, <laughs> the Godfather's music playing. <laughs> he walked out with them. You yeah. see, this is the first moment, though. I'm like, okay, this makes sense to me. Like, when you get to hear, like, him, like, there being women and all those yeah. crazy things, like, that that made sense to me. Yeah, because McCoy's when a fucking G. Spot. And when he realizes <laughs> what's going on, he makes himself well, some women. <laughs> Immediately, he's like, "I can have Did anything." You see McCoy I want? when he was walking around the corner. He's like, "I better imagine clothes on them." Yeah, and I yeah. use that in air quotes. <laughs> yeah, whatever the hell they were wearing. So McCoy explains that he was taken below the surface for some remarkable repairs. So he did actually get stabbed, but he lived through that. And he says that there's a factory complex down there that can build or do anything pretty much immediately. And Barrows is like, "Oh yeah, like how do you explain these women?" And, uh, he kind of like stutters and he's like, oh, you know, he talks about how he was thinking about uh, the two girls in a, a chorus line at a cabaret he knew on Rigel 2. And Kirk's just over there like just kind of laughing and Barrows is like just giving him the death stare. <laughs> you dirty dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he like Bones is just kind of uh, chuckling and he's like, well, you know, I I am on shore leave after all. And Barrows is like, oh, yeah, well, I am, too. And, like, she starts to approach him, and, and McCoy just dismisses the girls. And they just, like, they leave his arm, and they go to uh, Sulu and Spock. And poor Rodriguez doesn't get any love. He's just fucking standing over there. Where's his woman at? Did he leave her behind? Yeah, she ran to the tree, and he's just like, all right, fuck it, and just left her there. <laughs> I guess she's dead. Just left her for the tiger. I was going to say, does that mean she has a saying for Bone? Does she like, hey, get away from my man? Yeah, that's I mean, the whole like, episode, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that whole episode, that's what was going on the whole episode. She was trying to, they were kind of in the, a banter together. His, his moves worked on her, like, hey, put that on. Yeah, whatever weird-ass moves he has. <laughs> Maybe she has yeah. the princess fetish, too. Maybe that's where they bond. Maybe she could. They're yeah, perfect so, for each other. Yeah. So uh, the old guy apologizes to Kirk for the uncomfortable events that they've uh, had to suffer through. And Kirk is like, hey, you know, who are you? You know, what planet are you from? And the guy's like, oh, you know, your race is not ready to understand us and, and what we do. And, and Spock is like, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Based on no evidence. Well, hey, you know, Spock knows. Like, he's he's a Vulcan. He's not a, a an Earthling. But how many gods have they gone up against? And, you know, I've seen some crazy shit. I, I think they can handle the truth on this one. That's just standard Starfleet shit. Just, you got to fight a god like every two months. Yeah, so then Kirk gets a hall, a, a hall, a Kirk gets a call from Uhura explaining that their power has come back and asking if they need any assistance. And he's like, no, you know, we're good down here. And the old man suggests that they use the planet to enjoy themselves now that they actually know what's going on. So Kirk tells Uhura to start transporting the shore leave parties and tells her to tell them to prepare for the best shore leave they've ever had. And then he just hangs up on her. 
like he knows what they're all gonna go go down there and do and you you don't need to go to that planet to do that like you can do that on the ship but i guess you probably shouldn't because it would start to stink after a while (laughs) (laughs) everyone's just down there imagining a brothel yeah so uh yeah so spock says that he's gonna go back to the ship and take over and he hands his lady over to Sulu. So, like, still, Rodriguez does not. He's like, you already have one. You don't have a lady. I'm going to give this one to you so you can have two of them. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, at this point, Teller is back and she joins Rodriguez. So, like, you know, he gets his lady anyway. But also, like, when Spock was handing the, you know, his lady to Sulu, like, she was eyeing him up and down something fierce. And, like, I don't think that she wanted Spock. I think that that actress just wanted her some Leonard Nimoy. Like, she gave him a, a not-acting look, I think. Or she's just a really good actress, but I don't know, dude. Like, I, I think she wanted her some Nimoy. Or that or that she was looking for some uh, uh, hardcore loving, because like, Vulcans, they're probably pretty rough. Well, I, I mean, they don't have emotions, so, like, I, I imagine it would just be really boring for them, right? Ooh, well, isn't there... I might be wrong, but isn't there, like, a Vulcan lust that, you know, overtakes them, like, every couple years that they have to go satisfy... Oh God! I have or am no I making clue. that up? I have no clue. Oh gosh! I, I, I hope so. Oh my God! I hope <laughs> it's, so. It's like, That'll be so. Like every be full moon episode. <laughs> That'll be an amazing episode. Spock <laughs> <laughs> like a horn dog. Oh my God! Just a oh, full I'm, episode I'm of Spock being a horny fucking maniac, <laughs> <laughs> like just a sex craved <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> he's like, damn it, the full oh, God, moon awesome. again. Yeah, oh my like, God, that'd be awesome. He's just oh. he's just trying to find a lady to put his pointed ear in her mouth. That's all he wants. <laughs> oh, my precious home, girl. Oh, oh, my oh gross. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Spock says that he's already had uh, as much shore leave as he as he cares to have. And Kirk protests. He's like, "Oh, you know, you go back to the, you know, you stay here. I'll go back to the ship and and take care of everything." But then he sees Ruth approaching again. And he's like, well, you know, on the other hand, maybe I can stay for a day or two, uh, which is really weird because, like, at this point, he knows that she's not even real. So he's just, like, willing to have sex with a doll that looks like a former <laughs> love interest. <laughs> so, shit, I didn't even think of that. Ugh. Well, he, in fairness, he can imagine her to do whatever he wants. It's still weird. Like, he's having sex with a plant-based doll. It's a fucking vegan doll. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You had to you had to ruin oh doll with <laughs> It doesn't even taste like the real thing. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm cutting that out. I ain't fucking keeping that. <laughs> no, leave it. Leave it. <laughs> leave it. You're not cutting that out. No, no you're not, sir. <laughs> I, I meant like the impossible <laughs> whopper. Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, you're not. You're not cutting nothing out. No. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh my god. Oh, what is going on this episode? Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, so sometime later, uh, they're back on the ship, and, uh, you know, all the crew that was on the shore leave enters the bridge, and Spock asks them if they enjoy their rest, and, and they agree that they, you know, they all did. And Spock's like, oh, you know, it's most illogical. And then they just, they laugh, and they just leave with that, like, really shitty... You know, all's well that ends well. Just fucking ending. <laughs> yeah, they they, they yeah. go on to their their next journey. Well, they all had happy endings at the end. So yeah. Well, well this one is this one it fit this one though. Yeah, yeah, if it you, did. You, you're saying something about the plant based part. 
I didn't even I didn't even get that when I was uh watching that part. Yeah, the, the the things being plant based. Yeah, when Spock scanned him with the, the tricorder, he's like, "Oh yeah, you know they're pretty much made of the same cellular structure as all the plants and trees and shit around here." Okay, you're talking about when he said something about it way earlier, like way earlier yeah. when he scanned it, right? Yeah, when, when he scanned, scanned the, the okay. Black Knight. Yeah. Okay, so that's what so using that as reference to maybe everything there is created by the plants, sort of actually plant life instead of real people. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I, I okay, this general question about the episode now because um, okay, so so when uh when he saw when uh the guy Rodriguez is running with the girl and they run into the tree and, and he says her sees her hurt. Now, did she really get hurt? Or was it just She got knocked like, out. And, and, okay, but then like later on or, but earlier they say, Oh yeah, the black knight the body is gone. Where'd the body go? Like, did, did the body just get up and walk away, or does it, like, change in the plants and just go into the ground? Well, they they came in, they collected uh, McCoy as well. Like, somebody dragged him off. I think they said they found, like, drag yeah. marks. Yeah, I just, but you didn't see any, so, like, I don't get, I guess I don't get how it works exactly. I, Maybe I they, like, more curious popped about. up in one of those trap, like, ground trap doors and just dragged him underground. Yeah, and, and was it actually McCoy that got stabbed, or was it, like, uh... A plant version of him that got stabbed to make them think he really got hurt. No, it was a real one because he said that he got fixed up by uh, their technology while he was uh, like dead. Because they took him down below the, the planet into whatever weird factory like place and they uh, they fixed him up, he said. So, okay, so I guess what the planet is saying, what I'm getting now is in my head, try to get right back. No matter what happens on this planet, we can always heal you and bring you back, no matter what happens. I'm sure there's a limit, so but they can probably repair quite a bit. Okay, so it's just so just so it's like a pleasure planet, then. Yeah, it's, it's not much. okay, it's not like but it's not Wrigley's. So like you can't do that because there's copyrights. But yeah, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. It's not the green. Yeah, it's not the green out. You know, the green out chicks or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I know you okay. already partially gave your thoughts on this. Did you want to start this one off, Paul? Oh, I'm gladly. Uh, this episode was uh, annoying, terrible. <laughs> uh, didn't make any sense to me. Uh, every decision they made was idiotic. But like, it wasn't. They didn't think it was. It wasn't a bad. It, like the episode itself was good, but it was so much bad about the episode that it's more annoying to me. Like it, like it wasn't a ba- it wasn't like it wasn't terrible. It was just the way that every character wasn't themselves. So if you're telling me nothing influenced their decisions and it was just them being them, then this episode is just complete dirt, dirt. Because <laughs> there's no way that they should make them the kind of decisions they made. That's my issue with the whole episode. Everybody, even way, even the way Bones was acting, Doc was. McCoy was acting with the lady, like, with the whole princess dress thing, all that crap. Like, he wouldn't do that. Like, he was just acting all, oh, yeah, I'll stand there. I'll protect you, my lady. Like, he, he don't talk like that. So, like, even even with him talking like that and everything about it, I just, I wish that it would explain it. Like, oh, well, on this planet, your inhibitions are down and your true fantasies come out in, in here and you can have pleasure or something. Like, explain something. I just, it yeah. was just, I don't know. It was just weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was very, very uncomfortable. And creepy. It was just weird. But now you have to give a, but, a rating out of ten. Uh, rating out of ten. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. A two for enjoyment. <laughs> a, 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 a negative eight. I mean, what I recommend this episode to anybody? No. Matter of fact, if I saw them or watch up, you will skip a, skip fifteen. <laughs> I think you'll. I'd be like skip fifteen because it does nothing for you. Oh, dude, could you imagine? You've never seen Star Trek, and you're like, oh, you know, where should I start? And somebody recognize or recommends this episode. Yeah, it just. I, I and and then if you if you if you, if this was way early, like maybe episode two or three, and I and everybody ha- we hadn't got everybody's personality down, I I could, might be could have been like oh this wasn't that this wasn't that weird, but everybody every decision everybody made including Kurt who's one of the smartest guys we've seen to make some of the 
a smarter decision ever. Made a lot of stupid decisions in this yeah. episode. Run him go, go off by himself. Oh, let's split up. All these things that oh, let's just let's not split up evenly. Let's split up separate, like one in five here. I just I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Just kind of a kind of episode where I watched it. I, I got through it. Like eh, whatever. Yeah, for me, eh. um, yeah, it was like it was just super goofy. Uh, I, it's not that I didn't dislike it because of that. Like it's whatever. I just like it was a fun episode. Uh, I I I almost. It's not my place to say, but like I almost don't even consider this canon. Like this is just such a weird like fever dream of an episode that it's. I don't know what it is. like. Yeah, I just I'm I'm on the fence. I, it's not Mud's Women, which is great because that's a terrible fucking episode. So it's not all the way down there, and I will forever hate that episode. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just okay. Like it was fun. Uh, the characters were weird and they were not themselves, and it was fun to see them do you know weird things they wouldn't normally do. Uh, like. I'm okay with it because I know that the series has better episodes, but if it was all like weird, goofy shit like this, I don't think it'd be into it. But I think something like this is, is okay every now and then. So I don't know. I enjoyed it. Wasn't Mud's Women. So I'm good with that. Hold on, you said weird, goofy, whatever. The weird, goofy isn't the issue. It's it's the awkwardness and the in the each character not being to their basic self. That's the yeah, issue. Like, 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 yeah. Well, like, I think the weird, goofy part, I, I think weird, goofy would be fun. Like we're, like like we're goofy would be fun. It was just that everybody was acting unlike themselves while they're being weird and goofy, you know. So that that kind of annoyed me. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I just like the episode. I you know it 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 works like for me anyway. Like I think it works, but it only works because they're mm-hmm. not themselves. And like I'm okay with just like weird out of place shit with this every now and then because I, I just, it can't all be like serious and like I don't think that it really damages any of the characters too much. Like. Yeah, some mm. of them were like super off base. Like Kirk was not Kirk at all, and like McCoy was not McCoy at all. But Spock was still Spock. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just like I'm okay with it. Like I'm not. I'm trying not to take the series like mm. very seriously. And like I, I know you're not yeah. either. Like I'm not saying you're like super serious about it. I'm just. Yeah. I don't know. Just like I'm just. I'm just forgiving of it. Like it's weird. It was a fun weird ride. Uh, I, I would be okay with not doing the, it again to this extent. But you know, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, it just kind of is for me. Like it wasn't terrible or anything. Yep. All right. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I, I didn't mind this episode, honestly. Uh, just from my head canon, I'm just going to assume that either the technology was just scrambling their brains or there was something with the plant life that was just making them trip balls or get high. That could explain why they're making such bad decisions. But yeah, it's definitely no episode 14, but it's not a bad episode either. Maybe uh, Maybe they all actually died in the Romulan thing and this is like just the afterlife for them. Or one of their afterlives. <laughs> this is this is Kirk. Like from now on, he's he's dead, and this is everything that happens after this is just not real. <laughs> Terrible fan theory. But okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's it, like if you guys don't have anything else, then uh, we'll go ahead and get this wrapped up. Nah, I think I'm good. I'm good, fellas. Yep. So uh, the next one we're gonna watch is obviously season one, episode uh, sixteen, called the Galileo Seven. Which sounds interesting. Like that sounds like a, a, a group of like hitmen or something. I'm curious to see what that is. But uh yeah, as always, you know, we're on Twitter at WWST underscore podcast, Gmail, WWST pod at gmail.com. We have not received any uh email. Do people even email stuff anymore? Like do they write you and be like, Well, you know, that last one, there was this one little thing you guys said. <laughs> like I'd be curious to get something like that. Yeah, I assume they probably post something on Twitter if they have something to say. Yeah, just tell us that we suck. Um Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they can. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather hear like, oh, you guys are bad. 
<laughs> yeah, also, you, guys, you, got, you, you suck you, is good. You guys are getting better. Yeah. Oh, I, I only want the hate mail. Come on. Yeah, all, all feedback is good feedback. Um, yeah, you know, we are everywhere you find your favorite podcast, and that does include YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to be it for me for this one. So thanks to everybody for sticking through this one, just like, you know, the way Paul stuck through this episode. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one. Later, guys. Later.